Hey, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. All right, everybody. we got a very special guest. we got Curb recording artist Hannah Ellis with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We finally made this work. I know. We've been trying for a long time. We've been, been texting <laughs> back and forth. So know, Hannah, and, yeah, Hannah and I met years ago. And I, I must have been one of your first co-writers, if not your first. Oh, in absolutely. You, so you and Connie Harrington were two of the like earliest people I wrote with. I mean, definitely on my first like trip to Nashville, you and I wrote, we wrote with Susan Roof, which was so sweet. Yeah. yeah. So Fun stuff. And a lot has happened since then for both of us. So yes. tell, tell us. <laughs> Just a little bit about your your musical journey, like, you know, kind of where you started with music and yeah. just catch us up to now. Yeah, you know, I was a singer first, so my whole family was singers. My parents would do, like, wedding singing on the weekend sometimes. Um, so we grew up that way. Me and my sisters all grew up singing a lot. But then it was, like, the end of high school is when I kind of had this big come-to-Jesus moment where I was like, I think I'm supposed to, like, be a singer and my parents are incredible and they're like, okay, cool. If that's what you feel led to do, we'll, we'll support you on that journey. And at the time I had a, a full ride scholarship to college uh, for like academics. And they were like, if you could just go to college though, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> and so, um, so I did both for a while, which being from Kentucky was really convenient because I could kind of go to school on these days and come to Nashville another day, which is, you know, when you and I were writing. Uh, or kind of out of high school but but yeah so that was kind of my like and then I really got immersed into the Nashville community uh just through those visits over the next couple of years um got really involved at NSAI which is just one of the greatest establishments in in Nashville in my opinion they really helped me not only learn more about crafting a song but just get involved in the community um and so I did that back and forth all through college. And then I moved here in 2013, uh, February of 2013. And just was out and about bebopping around, trying to be in whatever crowds I could get into and meet people and write as much as possible. And then I got my, I ended up signing my publishing deal in 2015, which was amazing. I signed with Word Country at the time. Um, and Janine Appleton, and she's just such an incredible song champion and champion of me. And and I, after I signed my deal, you know, I was always an artist, right? I was always a singer. That was my first love. But when I signed my publishing deal, I I took it very serious. And I was like, you know, these people are paying me to write songs and get them cut and make money. <laughs> so I really poured myself into just the songwriting aspect for like a lot of 2015-16 and got some outside cuts on you know Russell Dickerson and Carly Pierce and Danielle Bradbury and, and so once I felt like okay I've kind of proven that I can like do this then I kind of started shifting back to being a little more artist focused and um and, and then I released my first project in 2017 and you know kind of went from there but was that first project independent or was that on a record label it was so, you know, like I said, in 2015-16, I was just writing and writing. And through that writing process, I feel like I really found my voice, um, actually voice and and how I like to say things or how I like to present songs. And so as we were writing, I would kind of have a song come in and I would be like, Janine, 
I don't really want to pitch this. This feels really like me. And so we kind of made this little pile, her and I, of songs. And I did an independent EP, like five or six songs that I put out in 2017. And it really helped me get um, a booking agency over at CAA and, and on some tours and stuff. So, I mean, it, it really did um, influence my career a lot, even though I was independent. That's awesome. And then how did that lead to you getting to deal with Kurt? So I, what, what's interesting is we, I was signed at Word Country, right, which is Word Entertainment. And we were owned like partially, like Mike Curb had some shares. Warner had a lot of shares. Um, and in 20, it might have been 16 or 17, Mike Curb bought the rest of the shares and we became Curb Word Entertainment. But my deal didn't change until like a couple of years down the line when I was totally up for my publishing deal. And uh, which up for anybody that's wondering means like you either stay with this company or you go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like sometimes we get really into like uh, songwriter lingo and uh, we, we lose people, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, when I, when my deal came up, we were, I re-signed and when you, when I re-signed, it became a part of Curb Publishing. And so our building is publishing, but it also has the A&R. And so Janine started kind of slowly facilitating like, oh, you guys should come to this show of Hannah's. Oh, you should meet Hannah. Here you go. La la la. But really helping me develop the relationships within the building. And Laurel Kittleson was A&R there and her and I go way back because I actually interned for her in 2012 um, when she was at Big Machine. So, you know, it was just this perfect storm of her already knowing me and loving me and me slowly meeting all of the other, you know, people in the building and players in the building and developing this relationship to where it just made total sense. They, and they offered me a deal in 2019 and I signed in March of 2020. <laughs> right around the time other things were happening in the world. Right, yeah. Wow. It was interesting, but you know, it actually kind of worked out for me because we weren't like deep into a project to where we had to release during all of that. And, and on the flip side, it was done. So there wasn't like, Oh wait, everybody pause. Maybe it's not going to happen. So we just kind of, I like to say we put a pin in it and you know, we got back to it in 21. Yeah. That's awesome. Let, you know, back to your point about the deal being up just as a teaching yeah. point, you know, publishers typically have, options so you might sign a two-year deal with three options and every time mm -hmm. after the first two years then that you, your deal comes up and they yeah. can say see ya or they can say hey we're going to keep exactly. you for another year yeah, yeah. But let's so let's go back and go ahead no go ahead um let's go back and talk about that little pile of songs that that you were making what what about those songs made them feel more like you you know i think for me, the way I say things probably is the most, like, because I, my musical taste is kind of, I don't want to say all over the place, but like, I love the top 40s. I love classic country music. I love, so I feel like when I'm writing songs for myself and my project, it's not that they all have this sonic sound necessarily. What makes something feel like me is when it, when it sounds like the way I would say it or the way I would deliver a message or um the the phrasing that i would use i think that's personally how something feels oh like 
this feels like mine. Um, and especially during that season, I didn't know what that would sound like. And so I think for me, my triggers were, it would hurt my heart if someone else sang this song. Oh, wow. Like it would just, yeah, I was like, yeah. it would just, I would literally feel like I gave a piece of me away versus like, I can write songs. Oh, okay, cool. Love it. Sweet. Here, pitch this song, I, you know? Um, but then there were a few that I would just be like, almost like selfish with, you know? And yeah. it was just the heart thing. And I think, you know, as, as time's gone on, sometimes you're like, oh, this is a great song and I should cut this. But you still have those heart moments where you're like, holy cow, this is so me. And like, I, I have to deliver this message. Like, it's not going to land if it's not me, you know, delivering it. What are some of those things, you know, because I think I've, I've, I'm old and I've done this a long time. One of my observations mm -hmm. have been that artists tend to have, you know, three or four th things that are super important to them that they want to sing about. Do you yeah. feel like you have those? You know, um, yes and no. I mean, I'm a really positive person, so you're not going to have, you're never going to find a ton of like, I call them like man hater songs or, or really hardcore breakup songs. Cause I just, I haven't lived in that season in such a long time. Mm. Um, and I'm just, it's just like not the energy that I like to put out as much. I mean, yes, I'm going to have a breakup song, you know, sassy song and all that, but like, there's not going to be a, a ton of like, yeah, like boy bashers really. <laughs> and then right. also I would say I, my personality is like I very much think and am empathetic towards people a lot. Not not even just sympathetic, but like I really feel what other people go through. So a lot of times I'll write according to someone else's heartbreak that they're going through or whatever. But I have some songs that are more I call them like outward facing. So it's like mm -hmm. me singing to someone else about what they're going through. And I think that I think that's a little bit unique for me because I don't know that everyone really thinks or operates that way. It's either like internal or external, like, Oh, okay. This is a party song. Good time. Or else it's like, Oh, I'm going through this. And I have a few songs that are kind of like, well, you're going through this and I want to be in that with you. Or, um, so it's, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, I think you described that very well. I mean, it, I, I, you described your positivity, your empathy, you know, and, yeah. and those, I think those maybe are kind of the lane, the kind of lanes that I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like, you know, that you can, if you get to know an artist and kind of get in their head a little bit, you can find those things and that can totally. help you. It can help you avoid topics they don't want to sing about and they can help you, exactly. you know, write something. What? Yeah. Have, like have you ever, I'm never going to be, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm just never going to like, it's, I won't say never because that's, that's a big word, but like, I'm typically not going to write this, like, um, this total breakup. Like I hated this guy and here's this really sad, like it, it's just super rare that those happen for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when people hear your music, what do you want them to know about you? Mm. 
Um, this is like a funny way to say it, but like the most authentic way I can say it is like when I'm singing and I'm on stage, I want them to look at me and be like, oh my gosh, same. Whether it's a positive or or it is a heartbreak that they've gone through or they're watching their friend go through, I want them to feel like they're that someone's in it with them or someone's been there and experienced that because that was how I felt the first time I heard You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. It completely changed how I viewed music because I grew up on the 90s, right? Faith Hill and Martina and I sang all that stuff and it's fantastic music. But as an 11 year old, I didn't exactly relate to it. You know, it didn't right. strike a chord with me. I just loved it, right? But when Taylor Swift sang You Belong With Me, I was in high school and I was in love with my best friend. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, like it felt like she read my diary. And I think mm -hmm. that that is the, for me, it's like authenticity. And sometimes I can get in my own way a little bit with great songs. Cause I'm like, no, 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 but I didn't go through that, you know? Um, and, and I think like you, uh, you can always write about other stories, which is good to dig into. But for me at, typically tend to gear towards things that I've really gone through because I, I want people to be like, oh my gosh, she gets it. Because really, I think we go to music for that, whether it's for the good times or the bad, we really want to know that someone else has been there and to feel that camaraderie through music. Yeah, that's awesome. And that goes back to that empathy thing. You know, you want, yeah. you, you want people to feel like you're with them and, exactly. and you get what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you just had your one year wedding anniversary. Yeah. And you, your husband, Nick Wayne, is a singer as well. Yeah. So do you guys write together? We write a ton together. So he has like four songs on this record, maybe five. I don't I don't remember. But yeah, we've we started writing together before we were dating. You know, and so it's just always been a part of our relationship. We literally have a right today, hysterically enough. Um, but it's fun because, A, he knows what I need on the project. He also knows the way I talk and the way I think. But on the other hand, he, because he knows where I like to live, he's a little more willing to, like, push me and go, okay, well, maybe, yeah, but you've already said that. You know, like, yes, that's how you'd say it, but you kind of already said it. <laughs> so let's yeah. try something a little different. Um, and I think that's always good to have those co-writers, which I know that you have, that kind of stretch you a little bit and challenge you. And you're kind of like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's that's really that's really fun for us to do together. And, and it just keeps it, we joke, we call it a family business, you know. Uh-huh. That's awesome. I wrote with a married couple one time and, and they fought during the whole, like one of them would throw out a line. The other one would go, that's stupid. You think that's going to work? I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. My so gosh, I'm, glad. No. I'm glad you guys aren't that way. Yeah. Well, when, it's funny though, when, because we did have to, there was a learning curve to it like early on uh, because you are so comfortable that you're like, if you said a line I didn't like, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, because it's your spouse, it's, you have to really train yourself on those tendencies to go, mm, nah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> Rejection. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, when you're putting together, like when you were putting together this record, 
what was your thought process of choosing the songs? Like, you know, how much of this kind of thing, how much of this kind of thing, or, you know, what's, cause I think a lot of people that have never been a part of that, really that piece is a mystery to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a journey for everybody. Um, some of what I did is listen to a lot of classic records that I loved or, or what I consider to be iconic country records and just was like, okay, just literally like content wise, what all is in this batch, you know? Um, okay. There's some heartbreak. There's some ballads. There's some up tempos. There's some mids. There's some really like more like big world thoughts, you know? And, and I think just kind of, listening to records that I love growing up or now and kind of going, do I have all these slots kind of filled? And it, it's really helped us in like finishing up the record to where we're like, okay, we really need like that, like sassier song, or we really need to, we don't really have anything nostalgic. That could be fun to include in this. Um, but I think a mix of, best songs and also for me this record is my first ever like full-length record and so i really want it i want when people listen to it all the way down i want them to finish the last song and be like i know her if i met her at a bar or wherever i could walk right up to her and talk to her because i know her mm-hmm. and i think that was really important for me so i want those like super fun lighthearted, have a good time personality songs but then i also want people to know like oh i can go there i can get deep i can like meet you in that mess you know so really those two like having that balance of like love songs and that was really my goal was just for it to be really well-rounded but a well-rounded introduction to me yeah so to kind of to reflect all the different sides of you right yeah Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So if someone, yeah. let's say I was going to pitch you a song for your next project, what yeah. kind of song would make you jump out of your seat? Um, you know, two songs that I just, and I think this is a great example of like what really gets me like, oh, that's incredible. I wish I wrote that. Um, I Hope by Gabby Barrett. And then, um, more than my hometown by Morgan Wallen. Obviously they're sonically incredible. So you're, you're in for the first verse chorus just cause it sounds so good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just very, very, very detailed and, and kind of like newer language, but still familiar. But I love, I love like a, Oh, I didn't see that turn coming. Gotcha. One of my favorite things is yeah. is whenever it's like you're listening down and you're like, oh, this is great. This is super great. Like, it's already a great song. And then that turn at the end hits and you're like, okay, I'm mad. I wish I wrote that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. That does it for me, too. It's like when I d- don't see it coming and it's just like, oh, man. Especially being a songwriter, like, you feel like, oh, I know where they're going. So often. You kind of yeah. are like, I could probably guess the hook or I can guess where this train is moving to. So anytime that I'm like, what? And the, Oh man. Like, yeah. Those two though, are, I love both. And then also just thought awesome. they feel really good. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, mm-hmm. what words, because you've been working at this a long time, what mm-hmm. words of encouragement would you give to somebody out there that's feeling like this is not ha- happening as fast as I want it to happen? Um, I would just say stay the course. Like, keep going. Um, Nick said that about me the other day. We were, you know, on our anniversary, we were just talking about different things. Oh, what, what are ways we think we've grown or um, – and he said to me, he's like, something that I just will always respect in you is that you just keep going. Like, doesn't work out in this. It's like, okay, that's all right. Let's just move in a different direction. And just getting up every day and continuing to work on it and, and to hone your craft and to get better. And what's incredible is you think you're great right now, but there's so much better ahead. Um, and I'm so glad that I didn't get the things that I wanted on my original timeline because I was just not developed enough. Um, and now when I put out my first project, it is something I am just so abundantly proud of. Um, so yeah, I think that it doesn't sound like that exciting of advice, but just staying the course and also like get in the community. You can write a million incredible songs in your dorm room, but if no one hears them and no one knows them, like, it's just not going to move the needle. So like get out. It's just as important to go out and be involved in Nashville as it is to write great songs. Um, and I think that's something that sometimes people overlook like talent is great, but you have to like have your peers. Yeah. And you talked about the, the internship you did that wound up yeah. leading to a record deal. You know I mean? Exactly. You can't, you can't um, overestimate the possibilities from just oh, developing yeah. relationships. And I mean, that's anything. It's like the other day I saw, um, there's a radio guy that I met and he was like, he was the morning show host of like a very, a smaller station, but like you treat everyone like they are the biggest person in town. And then, and literally he just got promoted to a PD of like a huge station. And it's like, Oh, that's incredible. But like we, if you just treat everyone like they deserve to be here and, and just perpetuate that, I think that, that will always serve you. Yeah, that's so important. I mean, mm-hmm. my first publisher would always say, treat the receptionist just like you treat the label head because the receptionist so might be the label head someday, you know? Exactly. And, and exactly. Really, you know, or the receptionist might be Faith Hill. You right. know, you just, you just never so know what true. people are going to do. It's so true. That's great advice. Well, what, what do you want to promote? What what can people find about, about you right now? I know your website's hannahellismusic.com. We'll put a link yeah. to that in the show notes. Yes. What else is out there and you want to check out? We have a brand new song coming in July. Awesome. Um, yes, which we're really excited about. It's called Country Can, and it should be available everywhere sometime in July. I'm not sure we don't have an exact release date yet, but very excited about that. Awesome. That's great. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, this is awesome. Okay, thanks for listening. We're here every Tuesday, and we've got a lot of stuff for you in the show notes about Hannah, about Songtown. We'd love for you to check us out, give us a review, rate the podcast, share the podcast with friends, all that kind of stuff. I hope today helped you get a little bit of an idea of what is in the head of an artist when they're putting together a record. And also that idea of just stay in the course. You know, if it's something you believe in and you love, don't let uh, discouraging things make you stop and give up what you're passionate about. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you soon.